Vibrations Radio Tools for Transformation. Now, quantum physics tells us that we are all energy vibrating at different frequencies. And in Good Vibrations Radio, we bring you information that allows you to change the vibrational frequency of your life. We're your source for everyday alchemy, so you can turn the lead in your life into gold. Good Vibrations Radio is made possible through the sponsorship of Magic for Life, the promoter-producer of the Rhoda Psychic Fair. The Rhoda Psychic Fair has been a constant in Monterey County for the past 35 years. Our last fair was October 21st and 22nd, and our next event is October 13th and 14th at the Monterey County Fairgrounds. It's coming up. It's right around the corner. I encourage you to sign up for the email list on rhodapsychicfair.com and goodvibrationsradio.com so you can be notified about upcoming events. Now, last week, Carolani shared her go-with-the-flow information about the vibrational energy and the numerology of August. If you missed any part of that broadcast, you may visit the podcast page of Good Vibrations Radio. The link is right there on the homepage of the website. At the June 29th quarterly preview, I shared that the Osho Zen Tarot card for August is the Three of Rainbows. This card is titled Guidance. In a traditional Tarot deck, this card would be the Three of Pentacles. The Three of Rainbows is more than the completion of a cycle represented by the Three of Pentacles. The Three of Rainbows is about trusting yourself and your inner guidance. With the transitions occurring this month, remember to listen and rely on your inner guidance. Before we get into the show, let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm a speaker, performer, a reader, healer, radio host, and author. I've been a part of the metaphysical community all my life, and my undergraduate and graduate degrees are in metaphysics. This show shares a variety of metaphysical subjects offered by those who have explored them in more detail. And for those who listen regularly, you know I like to start each show with a reading from Day by Day with James Allen. In 1903, James Allen published his essay, As a Man Thinketh. Allen chose the title from chapter 23, verse 7 of Proverbs, which says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The book was described by Allen as a book that will help you help yourself. He wanted all of us to know that in your own thought world, you hold the key to every condition, good or bad, that enters into your life. Your present reality is a direct outcome of your past thoughts, intentions, and beliefs. But your future is not predestined by your past. By working patiently 
and intelligently on your thoughts, intentions, and beliefs, you can remake your life and transform your circumstances. In Day by Day with James Allen, his essay has been broken into a separate section for each day of the month. And so for the 13th day of the month, James Allen shares focus on ideas. No person can be confronted with a difficulty which he has not the strength to meet and subdue. Every difficulty can be overcome if rightly dealt with. Anxiety is therefore unnecessary. The task which cannot be overcome ceases to be a difficulty and becomes an impossibility. And there's only one way of dealing with an impossibility, namely to submit to it. Dr. Wayne Dyer had a different way of expressing this that may clarify that whole concept of submitting to an impossibility. Wayne Dyer shared that there are two things to worry about. You worry about those things you can control, and you worry about those things you can't control. And if you can control what you're worried about, then you only need to take the action needed to change it because it's under your control. And if you can't control the worry, the thing you're worried about, then you need to stop worrying about it because you can't control it. It has an inevitability to it. And the only thing you can do is wait for it to happen so you can then move forward from that outcome. So Wayne Dyer shared, there's nothing worth worrying about. Which reminds me of the anonymous poem, Don't Quit. When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. So remember, ideas, ideas are what make us and keep us moving forward. Focus on ideas. They are who we are. To help offset worrying thoughts, I've shared many times that I have a series of prayers and affirmations I use each day to help me focus on positive thoughts. I do a morning and evening series of forgiveness prayers. I do a gratitude affirmation. I do ho'oponopono, you know, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I do unconditional love affirmations, and I collect a positive thought from the Daily Word produced by the Unity School of Christianity. And the Daily Word for Monday, August 13th, says, My best ideas arrive when I make room for spirit. Isn't that a synchronicity? No matter what your faith-based system may be, this is simply allowing space, allowing room, allowing the silence to help you connect to your higher self, to your intuitive self, to your inner spirit, to your divine. When you're most worried or concerned, find a way to shift your mind's focus to allow the room for spirit to provide the insight, excuse me, to provide the insight you need. Walk, shower, swim, run, meditate, Set the intention for the guidance to come to you in a way you can understand so you can take advantage of the wisdom. And that brings us to our guest for today. 
Dr. Arnie Buss received an undergraduate degree in psychology at Rutgers University and a PhD from Cornell University. There we go. He, he's been teaching at the undergraduate and graduate level for over 30 years. And his passion is facilitating and teaching classes about interpersonal communication. And in the past eight years, he worked with individuals and couples to help resolve their interpersonal communication issues, as well as giving presentations on interpersonal communication skills to a number of organizations from San Francisco to Monterey. He joins us with his segment, Speaking of Listening, on the second Monday of each month from 5 to 6 p.m. Let's listen to this musical introduction of Dr. Arnie Buss and Speaking of Listening. Listen to the song here in my heart, a melody I start but can't Deep within, it's only beginning to find relief. And welcome to Speaking of Listening on Good Vibrations Radio with Solazar. I am your host, as he said, Arnie Buss, for this segment. Speaking of listening is about ways of improving all of your relationships by listening from your heart as um uh, so eloquently put uh, in in the song to the to the sounds deep within to the meaning uh, deep within not uh, getting beyond what the words are about and if you go to my website www.consciousawareheart.com you will uh, see information about uh, upcoming events and uh, what is going on. You can email me at ahbus at consciousawareheart.com. That's it's all one word, consciousawareheart.com. It's A-H-B-U-S-S-S-S. Remember that listening, it's not just about hearing the words. It's about a dialogue. It's in, And by a dialogue, I mean involving what is the true message? What is the message that lies beneath the words themselves? If you remember the Simon and Garfunkel song, uh, Sounds of Silence, they talk about hearing without listening. And, and that's very relevant to so many things that are going on uh, in in the world today, whether it's between relationships that are, that are in trouble or in conflict, uh, between... Uh, very polarized uh, people in in our the society these days uh, that seem to be just angry with each other all the time. And I'm I'm gonna. <laughs> this isn't a show about politics, but uh, the idea of effective listening, the whole attitude and approach of effective listening, I think is very relevant to what's going on today, and it's particularly relevant because of the the paucity with which it's actually practiced the pa- the, the the limited amounts to which um people on the the different polarities uh listen to each other you know i i personally have a certain um set of of uh, beliefs and opinions about that and again the, the, this segment isn't all isn't about that it's 
it's really more uh, about a, a meta approach to that. In other words, I'm not uh, espousing any particular uh, point of view. Uh, again, we, while the, the disclaimer that I have a point of view, but that, but that isn't really relevant to this. Everything that I talk about can be applied regardless of what your uh, your, your particular um, perspective is. So today I have three topics I want to talk about, and and, and the reason I th they're relevant is that they're particularly relevant in relationships, and uh, many of these are also very relevant uh, in uh, in what's going on in our society today. And those three topics that I'm going to talk about today are uh, the difference between opinions and facts, a very important distinction. I'm going to talk about the difference between thoughts and feelings, and then finally I'm going to talk about uh, something I call the memory trap. And th th this is something that I see uh, many relationships, including ones that I've been involved with, um, get into. And it's, I, I call it the memory trap, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about why um, I, I call it a trap. <laughs> but first, I want to talk about the difference between opinions and facts. And, and this is this is something that that is that seems to have fallen by the wayside a little bit, particularly in uh, political discourse these days. So just let's let's go to the dictionary. And a fact, see, a fact is something that is objectively true. A, a fact is something that is. A fact is true regardless of your perspective or regardless of your opinion. Uh, re regardless of how you feel about it. A fact is something which is objectively true. And and the annoying thing about facts is that they, you know, they they're not subject to to opinions or at least they if they are if they become subject to opinion then uh, the discourse goes south uh, very very quickly. And this is true whether we're talking about relationships or whether we're talking about a political discourse. So, for example, one plus one is two. Now, that is a fact, as I consider it. Uh, of course, uh, that's true unless, as stated, unless you're in binary, in which case one plus one is ten. <laughs> but that's that's kind of playing debate mind games. Uh, the thing is, is that the quantity in question is identical, regardless of which base system is used. So whether you call it 1 plus 1 is 2, or 1 plus 1 is 10 in binary, or 1 plus 1 is 2, uh, these are all different ways of expressing the same fact. And the fact is, is that if you have one item, and you add a second item to it, then you have two items, or DOS, or however many, um, whatever language you use for that. In other words, the words that we use to describe it are uh, don't negate the fact of it. Uh, another one which uh, is absolutely astounding that this should come up is, you know, the Earth is round. Well, okay, well, I mean, maybe more precisely a spheroid or a slightly square. You know, you, you can kind of get um, technical about it. But, you know, the Earth is round is, is a reasonable enough 
approximation. This is something which has been known ever since the ancient Greeks. So this is this is something which people have pretty much known uh, for thousands of years. Uh, you, you may have learned in school that Columbus uh, sailed uh, westward uh, on the Atlantic Ocean to prove that the Earth was round because everybody nobody else believes it, and, and that's that's actually counterfactual because people who were in the know at Columbus's time knew that the Earth was round. <laughs> that isn't why he did it. For some reason, and 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 it's. <laughs> It's kind of I find it a bit sad, and that's that's my feeling, that uh, that all of a sudden uh, we we have a resurgence of these sort of flat earthers, people who who ought to know better, especially considering the kinds of observations that our space program has made, um, you know, somehow start to to doubt that. But uh, doubting that the Earth is round isn't going to make it round. As as Abe Lincoln said, some somebody once asked him, "If you call a tail a leg, then how many legs does a dog have?" And his response was, uh, "Well, he still only has four because if you call a tail a leg, that doesn't make it a leg." I mean, here's here's another fact that the fact is that there are more legal immigrants in the United States than illegal immigrants. I mean that that that's a that's a fact. I mean, you could. Uh, argue about exactly what the numbers are but it, but it's it's pretty much factual that that's the case so so that now what you think about that is a matter of opinion so an opinion is a judgment that's not based on facts an opinion depends unlike a fact depends critically on the one holding it so for example math is hard okay well that's that's an opinion. I mean, I actually don't hold that opinion myself, uh, both because I personally don't have a problem with math. And I also, my opinion is that it's not as hard as people make it out to be. But it, but that doesn't change the fact that it's an opinion. Okay, one plus one is two is a fact. Math is hard is an opinion. Uh, another opinion, there are too many illegal immigrants in this country. You know that that that's an opinion. That's different than the fact. I mean, again, the, the fact is that there are actually more legal immigrants than illegal immigrants. But that doesn't change uh, the opinion. And an opinion can, again, an opinion. It's not a matter of whether it's right or wrong. An opinion is just an opinion. That's that's what somebody believes. So why is this important in relationships? Because often in relationships where feelings start to get really hurt is is when facts and opinions are are intermingled. In other words, and I'll, I'll talk a little more about thoughts versus feelings in, in a little bit. Uh, but first, I, I want to go on a little bit of a sidebar. And that has to do with the way that we have been using our language lately. And this involves three uh, remarkable words. And those three words are literally, always, and never. Now, the fact is that language, at least a, a language that's alive, is always evolving. As I use the word always there. 
this is one of the few cases where it always is actually appropriate. The meanings of words can often change, sometimes 180 degrees. You know, bad used to be bad, and then bad became good, and then maybe bad's bad again. I, I'm not, I, I'm not keeping up. Okay, let, let's look at the word literally. We hear a lot of the word literally these days. I think it's been popularized by the Kardashians, but I, uh, that, that's, I don't know that for a fact. But the literal meaning of the word literally is in a literal manner. That is something that's exactly true. And the literal meaning of the word literally is literally true. And, you know, so somebody might say, you know, I, I literally died. Well, if you're, <laughs> if you're alive enough to say that, then that's, that's, that's not true. I literally died means I figuratively died. So <laughs> literally has come to be synonymous with figuratively. But in terms of its use, it's used for emphasis. In other words, if you say I literally died, it means it was really, really, so something happened that was really, really bad. The same is true for always and never. So you're always late, the statement, you're always late, is not literally, factually, factual, if the other person has been on time, even just once. So logically, one uh, counter example means that always is going to be false. Or here's another one. You never think of me is literally not factual if the person they're thinking they're talking about has thought of you even just once. Because if something happens once and that's it, then never is not going to be true. So like literally, always and never are are used as emphasis words. So why why bring this up? Why why talk about this? Well, remember that effective listening that I call tracking, it's about decoding the speaker's message. If you interpret the speaker's words literally, you will never be able to decode their message. See what I did there? If you interpret the speaker's words literally, you will never be able to decode their message. You will never be able to hear the sounds deep within. So if somebody says, I literally died, you know, what, what are they expressing? So, so what happened was, was so embarrassing. Or you're always late. I say, so, so, so this has been happening way too much for you. Well, yeah. And you want to be assured that appointments will always be kept on time. Well, I mean, what are you going to say to that? Yes, no? Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Again, the uh, it, it, that could go on, but I mean, the, the, that's an example. Okay, and then you never think of me. Well, now, okay, there, there are two th two these two responses that come to me. One is uh, a, a, what I call a gentle probe. You say, okay, you know, this is this is a case where. 
um, the, what they're saying is 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 really kind of a little bit. You, you may not understand where they're coming from. Where, where you know why are they saying you never think of me? You you may have no idea whatsoever. In which case you might say you know maybe you could uh, express what gives you that impression. Or now now that's that's a little bit dangerous. You have to be sure to say that in a gentle gentle way. That's not. Uh, well, what gives you that idea? <laughs> Don't go there. Or uh, a slightly safer one, but one that doesn't quite get, you know, you might say something like, so you feel that your needs haven't been considered as much as you'd like, and you, and you want that to change. I'd say, well, yeah, so maybe you have some ideas about what that would look like. Again, you want to, uh, just to recap this sidebar, literally, always, and never, uh, never literally mean what they say. <laughs> they always mean emphasis. Okay, and that takes us to thoughts versus feelings. Okay, so let's, let, again, another important distinction. See, a, a thought is an idea or an opinion that's produced by thinking or, or something that occurs in your mind. So, th- Thoughts, uh, thoughts really kind of live in your in your mind, and uh, uh, we often associate the mind and the brain, but th- th- that's not necessarily the case. But uh, exactly where the mind is 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 of less important as the fact that uh, the thoughts thoughts are in the mind, and and a thought can be true or false. Uh, a thought can be a, a fact. A thought can be an opinion. Um, but regardless, it's it's kind of a thing, and it lives in the mind. A feeling is an emotional state or a reaction. A feeling lives somewhere else. It lives. It can live throughout your whole body. It, it, you know, I I like to talk about the heart as being the epicenter of feelings, but really, feelings are are, are a whole body uh, type of type of thing. And it's a feeling can spontaneously arise uh, in reaction to a thought or an event, or it can just kind of come up out of, out of nowhere. It almost always uh, does arise in reaction to some thought. When I say an event, it isn't the event that causes the feelings, it's what we think about the event that causes the feelings. Now, having said all that, a feeling is always true in the sense that that's what you're experiencing. So if somebody says, oh, I, I, I'm really angry about that. And you say, well, you shouldn't feel angry. I mean, that, that statement is always, in a way, nonsensical because it's, it's stating a non the non reality the reality is i feel angry that's that's the reality now saying i shouldn't feel angry is saying that reality shouldn't be what it is it should be something else and, and as as solazar was was speaking uh, earlier on uh, you know, it's like, you know, some things just are. And, you know, uh, it, it is an important distinction, that, you know, the things that I can control, the things that I can't. Uh, 
In fact, um, I, I happen to have proof that worrying works. Worrying is very effective because I find that everything that I worry about never happens. So it must work, right? So here's the thing, is that a, a feeling, it, when, you, when you're feeling something, especially a, a strong feeling, you can't just decide to feel something else. It, it isn't that easy. You know, maybe, maybe an enlightened master is. Uh, and, and if you're, for, for the enlightened masters out there who, you know, don't, don't write in because I'm sure you can do that. But for the rest of us, it's, you know, if you feel a certain way, it's, you, you can't just say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to feel this anymore. Which is not to say that there aren't things that can be done. What you can do is, uh, well, in the moment, you can practice uh, some of the things that Solazar was talking about earlier on. I mean, you, you can, you, you know, you can meditate. You can you can work on calming your mind. Although, good luck with that monkey mind. What, what I found to be to be particularly effective in that, though, is to uh, to do some inquiry into what the thoughts behind the feelings are. And, and that's where the distinction between facts and opinions becomes so important. Because I find often my emotional reaction is triggered by an opinion that I have. You know, oh, those, those Republicans make me so angry. Or those Democrats make me so angry. It's those liberals. Oh, it's those conservatives. Oh, it's, you know. Those are all opinions. There are no facts in there. And, and there's there's a wonderful question by Byron Katie. It's one of her four questions. She, she has a one, I'm, I'm a big fan of her, uh, of her approach. And the simple question is, is it true? And if you can uncover what the, the opinion, the thought behind the feeling, and, and just question it, just, just really you know, sit with it, meditate on it. Is that true? Is that really true? Can I 100% absolutely know that that is true? And more often than not, I find that, well, you know, I I was confusing opinions and facts. There was, some, there was an opinion that I was convinced was absolutely true, but it was really just an opinion. And that opinion was causing me to have very uncomfortable feelings. Now, where this plays out in a relationship is that it's my thoughts and opinions about what the other person is doing or not doing that will trigger an emotional reaction, a feeling, which in turn will provoke either an attack on my part or withdrawal. And I believe that this is happening for everyone in that case. Why? Because... If something is happening, it's not to say that everything is always all right. I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't, 
I don't live with rose-colored glasses. I'm not a Pollyanna by any by any stretch. In every relationship, there are going to be conflicts. In every relationship, there are going to be things that happen that you're not okay with. And it's most effective to the relationship to to work on healthy boundaries, to be setting limits, to be clear about communicating what's not okay if, if that comes up. And the way that you communicate, which I've talked about in other segments, is so important. Because if I can express my need in a way which is has a lower temperature, a lower emotional temperature, then the chances of coming to a mutually acceptable solution that gets my needs met as well as the other person's in that situation is greatly enhanced. If I come at it from an emotional place, from a place of feelings, then it all gets jumbled together. The feelings and thoughts and opinions and and it just just everything is everything is in there. And there's there's a tendency. Have you ever been in a position, either you doing it or maybe it's easier to kind of point it out to someone else? Uh, we're so-called gunny sacking. What gunny sacking is is um, okay. There's so, somebody brings up a problem. And you you work on it and you resolve that problem. And you think, okay, now everything is fine. But then they pull another problem out of the gunny sack. And then you work on that until that's resolved. And then they pull another one and another and another. So there there, there might seem to be this never-ending gunny sack of problems. Okay, but with that, with that, that's an indication that that one of the couple uh, – one of you in the relationship, uh, the one gunny sacking, has uh, has not addressed their needs for a long time and just build up resentment after resentment after resentment, and that's that's an anathema to a to you know to a loving and healthy relationship. Again, when I say healthy relationship, I'm not I'm not just talking about intimate relationships. I'm talking about all kinds of relationships. You know, a loving relationship could be with someone you just met. It could be with a, f- a friend. It could be with a colleague, a boss, an employee. You know, a loving, heart-centered relationship is one that's, you know, that that's based upon addressing your needs, based on effective communication, and mixing up thoughts and feelings is is a way to just kind of mess that up. So tracking, effective listening, can help uncover the sponsoring thoughts behind feelings. And that's why it's so effective when you hear a strong feeling, particularly a negative feeling being expressed, to respond with tracking rather than react. Because sometimes the feelings are being expressed in a way which sounds attacking or critical. And to to paraphrase uh, a course in miracles, remember all attack is is a call for help. And and, and why my take on that is is that if something sounds like it's a criticism, it really isn't about you. It's 
something sounds like an attack, it really is about the pain of that person. And effective listening, tracking them, will will get to what's going on. And tracking will help you get beneath the feelings to the underlying sponsoring thoughts to them. And my final topic is... uh, is uh, what I'm calling the memory trap. And and the reason I call it a, a memory trap is uh, I, I've been reading uh, some very interesting uh, re- uh, things that neuroscientists discovered. And one of the things that they found recently is that every time we retrieve a memory from our brains, it gets stored in a slightly altered form. So that over time, the the more we remember something, the less accurate it is. Every time we remember something and then kind of store it back where, where however it gets stored, you know, it, it's not like a, it is not like a computer hard drive that where where you you just keep storing the same bits for the same file. It it's more like sort of a bad hard drive where the bits get a little corrupted. But but what w- what happens? is that the feelings and emotions that we experienced often color our memory of that. So over time, the memory of what we think happened, and and we are absolutely convinced that that is exactly what happened, um, it turns out that's not exactly what happened. And in nearly every long-term relationship and even many short-term relationships, the different partners, the different people in the relationship are going to have a different memory of the same thing. And that that can be true even right from the very beginning because you have two different people, even if they witness the same thing, they're going to have a different perspective on it and they're going to store it in their memories in a slightly different way. And when you add to that this result from neuroscience that says every time we remember something, it gets changed, then you have two memories that, as they are recalled, they they each get changed, but they're going to be changed in different ways. So over time, it may seem like completely different things. So why is that important here? If you're in a relationship, and again, by relate, it could be a friendship, or I'm not just talking intimate relationships, but if there's an argument, a conflict over what, quote, really happened, there's no good resolution. Because both of your memories are 100% accurate from your perspective, and yet neither one is 100% accurate from an objective perspective. Neither one is the truth. Neither one is factually true. So conflicts like that are just harmful to the relationship. So why bring this up? Because if you find yourself arguing about something that happened in the past, Know that there's no there's no resolution to that, you, you, unless you build a time machine and kind of go back and then and then watch it again. And then I think you'll both find that uh, that, that you had a little you had some things wrong. Now, having said that, you know sometimes one person's memory may be slightly more accurate than the other, but 
it's the slightly part that's kind of uh, the killer on that. So just to recap, I've talked about the importance of distinguishing opinions and facts, of thoughts versus feelings, about how literally always and never are exaggeration words, emphasis words, and are not to be taken literally. And finally, this memory trap, which is an important pitfall for every relationship to avoid. And that does it for this time. You have been listening to Speaking of Listening on Good Vibrations Radio. I so appreciate you joining me today. You can hear Speaking of Listening every second Monday at 5 o'clock right here on Good Vibrations Radio. To learn more and about my workshops and effective communication and relationship building, uh, visit my uh, website, www.consciousawareheart.com. You can email me at ahbus, A-H-B-U-S-S, at consciousawareheart.com, all one word, consciousawareheart. On Facebook, my handle is awareheart, and on Twitter, it's effect, the number five, com, C-O-M-M, and I haven't been Twittering lately. I, I I don't really care for that, but, you know, I'm, I'm told that you have to Twitter, so um, maybe I'll fire that up again. Anyway, I do have a, a Twitter handle there and maybe i'll start tweeting again uh, uh, but until next time remember listen from your heart oh, you should have listened there is someone here inside someone i thought had died so long ago So you can connect with Dr. Buss by going to ConsciousAwareHeart.com, as he mentioned, and you can link to his website through the guest page of Good Vibrations Radio. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, on Friday, June 29th, we held the quarterly preview for July, August, and September at the Monterey Elks Lodge. Joyce Muse shared the astrology. Kirilani shared the vibrational energy and numerology, and I shared the wisdom of the tarot. Now, the Osho Zen Tarot card for August is the Three of Rainbows titled Guidance. And the Three of Rainbows covers what the Three of Pentacles from a traditional Tarot deck would do, which is completion, but more. It says, we've completed the point of not trusting ourselves. It's time to trust and listen to your inner guidance. Stop turning away from what's being shared and told to you internally. Listen understand and that goes along with that whole issue of going into those places of of silence where the spirit resides to your higher self to your inner intuition to your higher guidance to your divine with the transitions occurring this month listening to your inner self and relying on your inner guidance is critical i mean for this week of august we're still shifting from saturday's new moon and solar eclipse in leo And the energy of this eclipse series began last summer. The themes and issues that each of us will be asked to face over the next several months are issues from the summer of 1998 through the summer of 2000. All the drama 
will point to your self-actualization. In other words, what you receive and what you do with it is really going to determine whether you grow or stay stagnant. No, as Oscar Wilde said, this is time to be yourself because everybody else is already taken. So over the next six months, pay attention to when you are being you. When you consider that moment to be a moment of you being you. And who actually gets you? Who applauds for you? Who burns brighter because of you? Who doesn't notice that you're in the room? And who's trying to rain on your parade? Now, at this moment, with Uranus, we have six planets in retrograde. Uranus in, in Aries went retrograde. I mean, Uranus in Aries went retrograde last week, but it since has moved into Taurus. So it's in Taurus right now. Chiron in Aries went retrograde July 4th. Mars in Aquarius went retrograde June 26th. Neptune in Pisces went retrograde uh, June 18th. Scorpio in Capricorn went retrograde April 17th. Pluto in Capricorn went retrograde April 22nd. And of course, we have our infamous Mercury in retrograde, which we're going to experience for another week until next week. So we're going to continue to have this feeling of looking over our shoulder all week, this unsettling feeling of not being certain or settled or as if we're being watched. Some of it will abate next week when Mercury goes direct, but we won't feel the full release until Mars goes direct in the last week of August. And I'll talk, we'll talk more about those next week when Joyce Muse is here. This is a time of opportunity for everyone right now for the rest of this week and for the rest of this month. To put it differently, each of us will be presented with challenges and changes. And some of us will make the changes. And many of us will double down on not changing, on staying exactly as we are. So we're in the position of we either change with grace or we're forced to change. But at the end of the day, the change will occur for everyone. Allow yourself to ride these waves. Develop your own personal ceremonies to create moments and movements of peace in your life, of centering in your life, of calm in your life during these next several weeks. So for this week of August, remember, focus on ideas and your best ideas arrive when you make room for spirit. As we close, I want to once again share the anonymous poem from Empower Astrology. In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. And I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. No matter how hard the world pushes against you, within you there's something stronger, something better, pushing right back. Whatever you do, do so from your heart. Do your daily practice of gratitude by saying thank you for everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. 
Choose to express from love in all your encounters by saying, I live and practice loving kindness in all situations. Accept yourself fully. I accept and love myself unconditionally. Open yourself fully to love using the affirmation, I surrender all to love. And express and heal yourself by doing the Ho'oponopono, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You are not the victim. You have a choice. Thank you for listening to Good Vibrations Radio. And we want to remind you that we'll be back next week with Joyce Muse, who will share the celestial phenomena for the rest of August and September. And until next week, remember to turn the lead in your life into gold. Many blessings. Namaste. Oh.